All right, Gumbo listeners, this episode is brought to you in part by Alcyon is the next generation backup platform for Microsoft 365 that takes on all the heavy lifting needed to secure your data. Alcyon uses an AI driven and security first approach to protect your data from malware, ransomware, accidents and outages. Start your free trial today by visiting Alcyon.ai. Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, the podcast where we cook up a delicious blend of cybersecurity privacy, and data protection topics to serve you a hearty bowl of insights. Whether you like your gumbo spicy with a dash of encryption or prefer a milder flavor with a side of compliance, we've got you covered. So grab a spoon, sit back, and let's dive into the pot of data protection gumbo. Welcome to another episode of Data Protection Gumbo. I am your host, Demetrius Malbro, and today I have someone that I am sure all of you know. He goes by the moniker of Mr. Backup, so I don't think that he requires an introduction because he has been around the industry for very long, and uh, not to say that I'm looking at gray hair, but you know, (laughs) you are myself, uh, a couple specs here and there, but he's also an author of some some great books that I continue to to, uh, take a look at and refer to for uh, certain definitions and to also stay relevant myself. Curtis, welcome to the gumbo. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Hanging out here in the horrible weather of San Diego. It's, you know, it's a tough gig. I'm sure it's uh, nice and cool there, maybe. Yeah, it is. It's pretty, it's probably about mid-60s today. Uh, That's very horrible, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Give us maybe a quick introduction of kind of what you're up to right now, maybe, or what are you reading? What are you looking at? Uh, Maybe something the audience may or may not know that you're working on that's really cool right now. Well, I would say the the primary thing I'm working on right now has been rebuilding and rebranding my podcast, um, which... The, I don't think, I don't know if I even told you that, but basically, you know, the, the podcast formerly known as Restore It All is now the backup wrap up. Did not know and, that. And, um, the, yeah. So now, um, that basically I, there's a, uh, we'll, we'll call him a guru out there called Grow the Show. Uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. it, I'm sort of following what he suggests on how to make the show stronger and, build a bigger audience, et cetera. And, uh, that's what I've been pouring a lot of my heart, heart and time into while also sort of building the, uh, the business behind, uh, everything else I do consulting and things like that. Nice. And so, so you're getting behind the mechanics of, um, number of clicks and how to market and sponsorships. I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's an entire stream of spaghetti behind the scenes when you're, when you're talking about, running a podcast. And I think the hardest thing for me, though, is really trying to track how many people are listening or downloading because it's uh, that that's always a challenge. And uh, but we, we won't turn this into a, a podcast, podcast. <laughs> a podcast about podcast, but we, we will jump into some important topics around data protection and backup and recovery. And, you know, one thing that comes to mind right now is, of course, ransomware. But I want to talk about something that you should have in place in order to help minimize the damage of ransomware, and that's air gap. So I want to ask you, what's your definition of, of air gap 
What have you seen out there in the industry as well as it pertains to to air gap and maybe some recommendations or maybe to set the record straight on a few things? Yeah. So an air gap, you know, this is one of those where where the gray hair comes in in uh, handy. Right. You know, you know, I like to say the phrase back in the day. Right. You know, well, back in the day when we were using tape. Right. Remember tape? The basically you made a you made you know you, you made all your backups, you copied them to another set of tapes, and then you put those tapes in a box and you handed those box to a man in a van, right? And then the man in the van would, would go away and then he would hold on to your tapes for two weeks or whatever your retention was, and then he would bring them during those two weeks, there was a gap of air between you and the backups that are in that box in a vault somewhere that was being managed. It it was an entirely separate system to get to that data, right? There was no, no, zero, absolutely no electronic way to get from the, you know, the, the, the backup, uh, the, the things that you were backing up to those backups, right? Those were, the, you, you hoped you never needed them, right? Because if you were grabbing for those, uh, you know, best case scenario, if you were grabbing for those, it meant that your primary copy, like you, you had a bad tape or something, which <laughs> never happened. Um, but, the, you know, worst case scenario, it meant that your primary data center burned to the ground. And this was your only copy. And God forbid you needed to do a disaster recovery from tape, right? But the point of the concept of air gap is to separate the, this, this doomsday copy from the primary in a way that doesn't allow for you, for, for any zero, that, that's the thing, it's like zero possibility for a hacker, even if they compromised your system. Now, back then, we weren't talking so much about hackers. We were talking primarily about uh, fires and floods and whatnot. And so we always wanted to make sure that that copy was stored in a way that wasn't, that wouldn't be impacted by things that would would impact the, the primary. And a funny story there, one of the vendors we used actually used a, a World War II bomb shelter as the vault, right? Uh, this was in Delaware. And, but the problem with that is that it's underground. And one of the things that impacts Delaware are floods because we're right on you know, the, the, the river there. And so when we had a possible incoming flood, we would pay extra money to the vendor to take the tapes out of the vault and bring them up to the second floor, knowing that we were lowering the, like the the cyber security <laughs> aspect, but we were raising the physical security aspect. But anyway, the the because uh, we were obviously worried that a flood would take out the tapes, right? But yeah, that that's the concept of air gap. And so when I see companies using the term generally now vendors use the term air gap to mean you've got a copy that is secured in some way but so many of these ways are not 
not. They're not even close to an air gap, right? So I, I know I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, you know, suggesting that that companies need to spit out tapes and hand them to a man in a van, right? Um, and yeah. And, and by the way, you know, person in a van doesn't sound. It doesn't rhyme. So I've so I so I've stuck with I've stuck with man in a van. It, it's just become so important with the whole aspect of ransomware that I'm just, you know, I'm, I just want to be a stick in the craw of, of some of these companies that want to use this term when I look at what they do and I'm like, that is, that is not even close to an air gap. Yeah. Is that like, um, so v- virtual air gap and I mean, th- there's different terms. Yeah. Um, when, when you're talking about an, an air gap, it should be completely like a different network or maybe even not even on the network except for a specific point in time right only when it needs to yeah right, send data or yeah, something I, I, it, 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 the, the primary thing we're, we're concerned with two things with with the concept of an air gap today well okay three things one is the the, the physical a physical disaster we want to make sure that the backup is separated from the primary in case of a physical disaster, right? That should be obvious, which is why when I see at least one vendor, I'm not going to name vendors because, you know. Yeah, let's not do that. Whatever. <laughs> but there's one vendor that that, re- that refers to their product that's sitting in the data center as air-gapped. And it, that just makes my hair go on fire, right? That's not like you have a fire and you, 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 there it's gone, right? So you got to separate that. And then also we want to separate from the data either being deleted or encrypted basically by by an attacker and that that's where we start talking about realizing that we live in a world of cloud and and things like that separating the 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 cloud copy or or the second copy it may not be in the cloud but most likely would be in the cloud separating that second copy in such a way that it is protected as much as possible from the primary. And you, you just have to think about, like, if my primary was compromised, if someone got in control of Active Directory, if someone got in control of the, you know, my backup server, I, I think of LastPass, right? Yeah, oh yeah. So LastPass, right? Yeah. So they, they got compromised by a backup configuration that they had a they had a homegrown backup configuration that included the 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 secret key mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. script and so that that meant two things one is it meant that they could access the backup and they could steal the backup and then they they did that they used it to uh to to basically restore and get the data and then use that to hack the rest of the company and then the other thing it means if you've got the secret Right. If you if you've got the, the ability to log into that cloud account, it means that you you can delete the, the backup. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right. OK. Trying to stop that that kind of thing. Yeah. All of that is fascinating. And um, just I mean, we, we can't have a conversation because w- without talking about security and cybersecurity and just trying to protect the, the crown jewels, because. Data is is what everyone is after now, and and we are like data freaks. I mean, we are creating data with everything. I, I just 
uh, loaded up a new toothbrush and that thing is Bluetooth. <laughs> I mean, it was telling me that I needed to apply more pressure to my teeth and it was logging the minutes. Oh, was and, it? Yeah, it was nice. logging the minutes and nice. ha- I have an app for it. I mean, it's we've gotten ridiculous and, and I can, can raise my hand and say that too, but. I'm drinking a cup of coffee from my my ember. <laughs> from your uh, ember? Smart from my ember, yeah. So somewhere there's there data on how much coffee I'm drinking. Right, right. And the temperature has to be at, what, 135 or something like that? I can't yeah, remember. Something it's like, like that. But um, what, what recommendation would you have? Let's say someone, they are running most of their applications in the cloud now. Um, because I think I just read a stat, 85% of companies are now, you know, have applications and have systems running in the cloud now. So there's no secret that, you know, everyone's running there. What What's the best way to protect your data? When I hear about the 85%, I, I wonder about the 15%. It's like the, it's like the four out of five dentists who, who want sugarless gum for their patients who chew gum. You're like, what's up with that fifth dentist? What's up with the 15% of people that, that who doesn't have something in the cloud at this point? Uh, when, when we talk about whether we're talking about the cloud or the, the primary, you know, or on-prem, okay. what matters is that you, you use the same principle, right? We want to separate, separate, separate. So we want a different authentication and authorization system. You do not use the same authentication system right. for your primary and for your secondary. Mm-hmm. You, just, you just don't. I know you love Active Directory. Stop it. Yeah. I know you love IAM and, and AWS. Stop it. D- don't use the same. Uh, it's not that you can't use IAM. It's just you can't use the same IAM. Yeah, like, absolutely. Account, right. And uh, so you don't use Active Directory to authenticate with your backup system, either on-prem or in the cloud. You don't use your, um, if, you're, if you're an AWS customer or an Azure customer, uh, I, I refuse to call whatever Azure is calling Active Directory. Don't even ask me. I can't remember <laughs> what they they rebranded it, but uh, the Azure Active Directory thing, whatever they call it now, you, you use that for your primary, and then you use something completely different for your secondary. Yes, it will increase the difficulty uh, slightly of logging into that system, but that is the point. Right. Uh, security has always made things more difficult. So so you do things like, again, if we're going to have if we're going to even remotely call what we're doing an air gap, it needs to be in a different region. Right. It needs to be in a different and a different account. Um, the different account is the really, really important part, because it doesn't matter if you copy it to Timbuktu. You know, I don't think there's. It could be tomorrow. I don't know. If you did, (laughs) it it, it could be the. It's literally like the only place where they don't have a region. If you did copy to uh, another region, as long as you can log in to that with the same authentication system, the hacker that compromises your primary account can then compromise your backup account. Correct. So yeah. don't do that. Right. The, 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 my main concern of the way most people do AWS backups is that they, you know, the, well, some people don't do it. Right. I don't know what to say to those people. The, what a lot of the backups that are turned on by default, like, so like EBS, uh, 
you know, EC2 and EBS, it's not turned on by default. You have to turn it on. But RDS, it is turned on by default. It, it makes a backup of your database, I think, every hour, every hour, and it holds on to it for 30 days or something. But it's stored in your same account. And um, if you've never heard of the story of code spaces, right? This was uh, ironically, I'm sure you've heard of the story, but oh, you, you know what? Um, refresh my memory. So I don't remember what year this was. This was several years ago. This was ironically, and unlike Alanis Morissette, I actually <laughs> know what the word ironic means. Um, ironically, this was a safe space to store your code, right? This was a company that had a website where yep, it was that's like what GitHub. I thought. Right where you where you could put your code, so it was called Code Spaces, right? And they got hacked, and the hacker um, they they tried to, and it was a ransomware uh, attack, right? And basically, give me give me all your money, or I delete your account. And they, st by the way, they did not have MFA turned on, so the hacker oh, was come on, come on, right? So um, simple. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> So they had, they didn't have MFA turned on. So he got into their account and he was trying to, you know, and they tried to kick him out. They tried to do some stuff to kick him out. And he's like, that's it. Boop, boop, boop. And he deleted their company. I think right? I heard about this now. <laughs> and they had all of their backups in the account. And so when you delete an AWS account, all the backups go with it. And that was the end of their company. That's what I'm talking about, right? That you've got to have an air gap between the primary and the secondary. And the, the way I like to do it is what, what most people do is they have um, they have um, uh, many, many AWS accounts, right? And uh, they'll do it by business unit or whatever. And I like the idea of having doing doing in the cloud what we did in in, in the data center, which is create a separate account whose job it is to hold the backups. You can create the snapshots and store them in your in your your primary account, but then do do the job of replicating those backups to another account. Now, it gets a lot more complicated, and th that's why you end up using some sort of third party to help you with this process because AWS backup is 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 decent, but it you know it doesn't have all of the functionality I wanted to have. Yeah, and I I, I now remember that story and. You know, as you were you were speaking as well, like one thing that I I know is becoming more challenging than architecture and actually setting up and spinning up workloads and you know all these fancy things that we're doing now with containers and I mean it's a it's a it's a fancy world out there now, but go back to the simplicity of tabletop exercises and planning preparation. I mean, spending so much time up front that you have the the communications plan who who are you going to call and having a list of those people and i mean just really having things so planned out and so documented and so just well thought out from a recovery uh perspective because when it hits the fan it's it's on it's it's all all go right all hands on deck and i mean attitudes and <laughs> people people are going to start uh really getting you know frazzled and um <laughs> God forbid that the executives are not able to kind of keep their cool and their calm and to help orchestrate where everything is going. But what I'm getting to is that what are you seeing just overall from a planning and preparation standpoint? Are, are you still seeing that um, 
individuals and maybe even companies are are not spending that extra time to make sure they are prepared and that they're continuing to run, you know, at with kind of hodgepodge setup of of their environments. You know, they have their on-prem stuff, they have all their different uh, accounts and everything is just kind of a hot mess. I, I think that the data speaks for itself. If you look at the hacks, the the attacks, right, that are happening today, and you read the stories, it's still, um, I'll use a random number, but it's, you know, 90%, the, the vast majority, I won't use a percentage, how's that? The vast majority of attacks would have simply be stopped by using MFA, patch management, and a decent password management system. If, if everybody simply did those three things, it would stop almost all of the attacks. And yet, the number of attacks today is more than the number of attacks yesterday, and so on and so on. So if people aren't doing those three things, right, it, it's, it's a little bit like, um, you know, you, you won't bother filling your car up with gas but you're spending thousands of dollars on a ceramic coating for your, for your paint job, right? Oh, washing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm sort of inferring from that, that people are not doing these tabletop exercises, right? Because if they were, th- they would fail every single one of them, right? They would, they would say, well, you know, a, a user, uh, the, the hack that I, 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 I literally just before this podcast, uh, I got a notification from 23andMe. Oh, yeah. I, I read about that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and they're, like, they're like, we don't know exactly what we're dealing with here. It does, we don't have evidence of a cyber attack. But they started talking about maybe somebody's using old passwords or something from, from another account. The thing is that if you're – the password management system, as long as we're using passwords – the you've got to have a good password management system so that you're not using the same you know as as a company so that your admins are not using the same accounts here versus there that they, they should all be separate accounts and companies don't do that right they don't enforce that and as a result in order to make their job easier, people reuse their passwords, and then it gets a compromise in one place, and it gets in another place, and then that's what MFA is for. Yeah, right. But you, right, you look at right. you look at now, the MGM hack, and MFA didn't help because the person reset it. Yeah, and then, and then you're talking about you know paying the ransom, and I mean, every time the ransom is paid, I mean you you just paid for X number of more ransomware attacks in the future. Because you are funding those guys, but I, I get it, right? You're 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 afraid, you're scared. They have you in a compromising position where they have either exfiltrated your data and they are saying they're going going to share trade secrets, etc. But we we have to start doing better because I continuously read phishing and social engineering attempts that you know they they call up and you know act like they are an employee. And call the help desk and yeah, reset my password for me. <laughs> Here's my name and you know maybe one one other piece of uh, maybe a badge number or something. I don't know, but it it continues to blow my mind that 
these are still happening. And I'm not saying that I am, <laughs> I can't fall for one, but because AI is definitely making these more sophisticated and emails are, are being crafted so ele- elegantly now with, um, you know, chat GPT and even these other large language models that the uh, attackers are using, they have their own. And I know we've talked, we've talked about air gap. We've talked about uh, making sure that there's some type of preparation from a backup and recovery perspective. And those are just uh, a few things that individuals can do. Is is there maybe one more thing that someone can do besides MFA and also turning on certain flags in order to make sure that, you know, the environment is not, is not uh, compromised that you can think of? Well, from a security perspective, uh, you know, the, the three things I always push are password management, MFA, and patch management. Just making sure there are so many, you look at the Rackspace attack, that attack was facilitated by a vulnerability that was fixed, I think it was about two weeks prior to the attack. So if they had simply been up on their patch management, they, they wouldn't have been attacked. It, it, was a, it was an exchange vulnerability. So just make sure you have a strong patch management system. And my opinion is, uh, and of course, you know, I'm Mr. Backup, so I'm going to have this opinion. I think your patch management system should start at the backup system and then work its way to your database system. So many times the backup system is at the end of the line. And I'm saying that's the last line of defense, man. Like uh, do that one first and then then go figure out the rest. But um, the, the, the only like in terms of backup, like backup advice, the thing that I am imploring people to do is to is to find out and, and, and use something that has real. Uh, this is another one of these words, real immunity, immutability. A lot of products are using the word immutability, just like they were using the word air gap. And many of them, it's like, I don't, that word doesn't mean what you think it means, right? Um, it, it, is, it is a little bit more of a, of a range than air gap. Uh, it's, it's, it, you would think that immutability, immutability just means it can't be changed, right? But th- there's a there is a a range a, like a spectrum of immutability, right? Um, immutability long term used to be a term that we used primarily in legal circles where we could say that the data was immutable, meaning that I can show you that the data that I that I'm giving you in this in this case is the same as the data that I was given. That's sort of the way we used to use it, but now. What we're talking about is making sure that it's not subject to attacks and things like that. It, it goes back to that, to the air gap concept, right? L- looking into the different ways that your system could be changed. Um, again, going back to if you have an on-prem system, if your only copy of your data is an on-prem system and you're told that it's immutable, it's it's not any more immutable than it is air gapped, <laughs> right? You know, if you get a fire, a flood, if you get a physical attack, uh, you know, nothing... Nothing, if, if, if there's a cyber uh, attacker, nothing stops if they've got physical access, <laughs> right? So you dangerous. Got to have something that if, if it's, if it's, if it's farther down that immutability spectrum, it needs to be again, physically separated. It needs to have a different authentication and authorization system. There shouldn't be, well, this is my opinion here. There shouldn't be a backdoor where you can undo it. 
right? Different vendors. This is, I, I understand that a lot of vendors have this where they say, yes, it's immutable, but if you call us and, and authenticate yourself 20 different ways, then it's, will undo it. I, I don't like that, but I understand why that that feature is there. If that feature is there, I'd love to know what the 10, what the 10 steps of, of authentication are. So many vendors use the term immutable just to mean that first part, like meaning that once we've stored it, like we make sure that it doesn't change, right? But what do you do to make sure that someone else doesn't change it, right? Can I, can I log into the backup system as an admin, if I log into the backup system as an administrator, can I delete old backups, right? Backups that have already been made. If I right, can, yeah. like, that's not immutable. It's not immutable. Yeah. Right. right. And a, a makes lot sense. of vendors, a lot of vendors use the term immutability to describe their backup. And they mean that old method, right? Yeah. Uh, not, not the, the current sort of cyber. Yeah. It, it's like uh, having a combination of retention lock and worm and, you know, not being right. able to yeah. alter the data in any shape, form or fashion. No one. It's yeah. locked down no completely. One. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think the best example I can find is Amazon's object lock, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. No one can delete it. Not even you. That's true immutability. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. even if you authenticate yourself a thousand ways, they're like, no, you told us to keep it. We're mm -hmm. going to keep it. You're screwed. Right. Um, <laughs> and the, by the way, you can delete your account just so you know, you can delete your account. And then after like 30 days, I think it finally goes away. Make sure that your account stays around. <laughs> Right. All right. Well, we, we are almost out of time here and I, and I want to open open it up and ask um, it. It's not a technical question. It's uh, just kind of an open question. What, what are you excited about or maybe what are you reading? Give us kind of a peek into uh, in, into what's going on in Mr. Backup's world. I'm I'm excited for the right now uh for me personally i'm i'm independent for the first time in a while mm, okay so i'm yeah. excited about what that will bring and um i'm excited that i can now i'm you know no longer being attached to a you know being attached to a vendor has certain limitations and i'm excited about being able to do that um i do have a book in the works i figured uh you know uh, I'll give you one guess is what it might be about. Ransomware. <laughs> Ransomware. Security, cybersecurity. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's about basically backups and ransomware. Uh, I'm excited about that and, and you know, coming out with my, I mean, I, I'm at the very beginning of that at this moment, but the um, excited, definitely excited about that coming up. The new book that I'm about to read, I haven't yet started reading. It's called Trust. It is a it's a fictional book, and it is uh, it it won the Pulitzer Prize for uh, fiction, and it looks like it's it's about the barons of the Gilded Age. Okay. Is what it what it looks like that that's the, the the best I can come up with. I'm I'm excited that yeah. I, I haven't read a good fiction book in a while. Most everything I read is like technical and mm -hmm. or or podcasts yeah. that I listen to are like political and things like that. Uh, I do very little that's like just pure fun. That and I'm currently binging Yellowstone. Hmm. Is that net? Is that on Netflix? 
Um, no, it currently, it's one of these shows that was so popular that it moves around between networks. It's currently only available on Peacock. Okay. okay. And you can watch it for six bucks a month uh, with commercials. And oh my Lord, after doing one episode, I was like, I will pay the extra six bucks because I will be here. Like just the commercials was was really long. But uh, it's really good. I I now understand why. Uh, it's it stars Kevin Costner. It's a yeah, you know, yeah. set in Montana and Yellowstone. The name comes from the fact that that's the name. Of I may his have to ranch. check that out. And it's a very interesting story where he he has a real ranch, right? It's not like Breaking Bad. It's a real ranch with cattle and you know, and it's a legal ranch. But the way he runs it is. Very much not legal. <laughs> that that mm, sort of the okay. Yeah. No spoilers. Yeah, all no right. spoilers. No, no spoilers. <laughs> well, awesome, uh, Mister Backup. It was definitely a a pleasure to to have you on Data Protection Gumbo. And before I let you go. Um, I, I want to give a shout out to the Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group that that I run. There's over twenty two thousand people in that group now and we have conversations around cybersecurity and storage and backup and we talk about literally everything as it pertains to keeping your data safe and there's also ways that you can you can promote yourself you can brand yourself uh, in the group as well so please go out to linkedin check that out and join the group as well any any final shout out that that you would like to give curtis or are you good? Just check out the backup wrap-up. Check out the backup wrap-up. All right. And is everything still the same where you have new um, website or is it just all on Apple? And Well, it's uh, there is. So so Backup Central is my, you know, my personal okay. website. Mm-hmm. And then now I have backupwrapup.com. So the podcast. Got it. Got website. it. Okay. All right, Gumbo listeners, you heard that. Go and check out Backup Wrap Up. If you want to connect with uh, with Curtis, he's on LinkedIn as well, so I'm, I'm sure he will connect with you there. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, LinkedIn is a funny platform nowadays, and we get we get hit from multiple angles now. <laughs> so I appreciate you you being a guest on on the podcast, and I'm sure we'll we'll have to have you back in the future. Much luck uh, and success on that new book that you you are starting to work on as well. All right. And until next time, everyone, stay secure and back up often.